Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. Back at you. Oh, it's just now rolling. What's up? This is the Hit Factor. I don't know if that first one got recorded or not. But uh, this is the Hit Factor podcast with Mr. Jeffrey Cawthon. Actually, have I asked, is your name Jeffrey or Jeff? You've seen his license. Jeffrey. I have seen his, looked at his license. It was posted on the internet. Oh, I didn't look at it. <laughs> yeah, it's on his... The one that you yeah, posted. You posted. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually look at it. <laughs> yeah. So what's, is it Jeffrey or Jeff? It's Jeffrey. Oh, okay. It's okay, Jeffrey. Good. I just th- my dad his name is Jeff, but he but his real name is Jeffrey. So I didn't I didn't know if yours was if that was the case hmm. for you as well. Yeah, we have Jeff uh, and the other is it Jeffrey or Jeffrey Reed is his name. J e f f r e y. So r e y. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're the same. And then we have our resident uh, nice guy. I was going to say something that was probably going to be racist, so we'll just call it our Mexican, Oriental. No, he's not Mexican. (laughs) He just looks it. But if you ask him to speak Spanish, you will quickly find out that he's not Mexican. Uh, He's Jewish, okay? Let's get get this out of here. I'm Jewish. Heritage. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But Mr. John Luke Ruban. I think I'm going to always introduce you as Ruban because it's cooler. <laughs> right. uh, B class, right? A class. Oh, he's Almost. A class. He's A class. You really need to step that up and work on that. Trust me, I got that this weekend. I got that a lot. Yeah, John Luke just uh, attended the summit, so we're going to talk about the PSTG summit a little bit tonight. Um, So yeah, uh, also like we did get some feedback that that we were, I was too down in the dumps last week on our last podcast, uh, which I I wasn't trying to be down in the dumps. Honestly, like I was morally feel like I was being just realistic of where my shooting was at. But I do what I do want to say is like I am very much looking forward to this season as far as my shooting is concerned, because there's a lot of stuff that I'm figuring out and and getting fixed in practice uh, that like I'm I'm happy with the progress I've made so far this year. It's just like it's not match ready, but that's okay. Uh, so maybe I sounded really down in the dumps or really down on myself. Like I'm actually still really looking forward to this year, uh, and, and working hard on fixing things. So I'm not down yeah. in the dumps on myself real bad. If it sounded like that. And I am looking forward to 
humiliating Jeremy at the next match so that he does that again when we record afterwards. <laughs> Jeff loves it. That's just that's his favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I And then I we'll dig listening. back into it again. I started listening to the podcast and then I just stopped. <laughs> Cause it was such a doubter. <laughs> it was it was putting me in a bad mood. <laughs> oh. I was trying to, I was trying to like get in the best uh, mindset to shoot at the summit, and uh, all I could think about was cheering you up, <laughs> <laughs> giving okay. you a virtual hug from Atlanta. You know, like some people are just like happy-go-lucky and they're cheery all the time. Um, I don't identify as that person, so like it. That's okay. Uh, it's like the complete opposite of that. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> but I, like I said, I am I am looking forward to to shooting. Uh, I got that nine millimeter that I rebuilt. I actually finally got out and had a practice session with that this last weekend, uh, and I'm very much looking forward to shooting that some more. Um, I shoot I shoot nine millimeter probably better than I do shoot major, so. I may use a lot more. I may shoot a lot more. Nine. I guess the gun ran. Yeah. Made it run. Yeah. Gun works. Gun works well. Shoots oh, really okay. straight. Um, yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. to sh- Shooting a nine millimeter single stat gun is just fun. Um, and I'll, I'll miss, like, I will miss major because shooting major is fun too. But shooting a nine millimeter single stack is just a fun gun to shoot. Uh, and. So yeah, you can isolate a lot of stuff when you don't have to worry about recoil control so much. Like even if you don't grip a nine mil gun, especially a steel frame, if you don't grip it, it's like, okay, that's not quite as good, but it's not really all that punishing. Um, whereas a, a major gun, if you don't grip it, like you, you tend to get punished a lot more, like things go south a lot quicker. Um, so it's, it's good from a standpoint of at least being able to isolate trigger control stuff. Uh, that's kind of a, a nice, a nice way to train that stuff. You can kind of just isolate that and you're usually, usually the sites are sitting there waiting for me to do something with the trigger. Uh, so that's a, that's a good problem to have that I have to Mm. learn how to work the trigger faster without disturbing the sites. So that's cool. What are you doing to do that? Uh, so still a lot of stand and shoot fundamental drills. Um, just what I'm trying to, what I've really got to avoid is that like, I have a couple of drills that I really like that I've, I've talked about them before. Um, they're kind of four shot drills, draw to either a close or far open paper and then transition to like either some really small pieces of steel or, uh, transition to two shots on something like a dot drill type target. Um, and so the only thing I have to be careful of is that I just don't get really into a rut where I'm shooting like the same target, the same distance uh, over and over. Um, like that's where you kind of get to where you can, you just kind of, I don't know, you can develop bad habits by doing the exact same thing over and over and over. Um, so like, so just trying to change that up like this last time. So yeah. What, what I think is fine is like to be a really difficult target is one where you take a um, vertical hardcover, add that, but take out like 
a third of one of the A's of one side of the A zones. And it's just vertical hardcover, but you're taking out about a third. So about an uh, inch and a half out of out of one side of out of the A zone. And like it looks like it should be a really easy target, but it's in some ways it's more challenging than a zebra because the A zone is a lot smaller. Uh, so you're sucked into trying to shoot close to that hardcover. Um, and so, yeah, I, I find that a pretty challenging target. So that was one I was messing with this last time, uh, sticking it out there and kind of changing the distance on it, which means you got to, if it's at 20, 25 yards, you're going to really have to be careful. It's really easy to throw stuff uh, into the hardcover versus if it's at 10 to 15, uh, you can kind of get a lot more aggressive with it. Um, and so then mixing that, in, I was okay. mixing that this last practice session, I was mixing that in with like a close, like seven yard open target. And so either drawing to the open target, transitioning to the hard cover or drawing to the hard cover and transitioning to the open target. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I like those drills. Uh, I think they're really good. So are you, are you, do you have any like big picture novel ideas for approaching this season like training wise or is it just like are you going back to some different routes or same same as you've been doing what what's your what's your thoughts uh so like my biggest goal as far as match performance is just that i can like oh i just said like a couple times there i think sorry sorry to whoever that that makes somebody mad, and I, I don't remember who it is. I'm sorry for saying like. I caught myself. Bob. Bob. Bob I'm Rockefeller. Sorry. I'm sorry, Bob. Uh, but my biggest goal for mass performance is that I can step up to the line and have like confidence in myself uh, that I can do what I, what I need to do. Yeah. Uh, and it's – the the confidence that I need that I'm trying to cultivate is not so much just this. Hey, you're really good. You can do this. You're really good. Like that's it's not so much that. It's more of like it's more of trusting. Man, I I have said like a lot in the last five minutes. Um, <laughs> I've just noticed that just now. Uh, it's it's not well. The rest of us notice. All I know. The time. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I apologize. Spit it out. Spit I'm, it out. I'm, I'm, it's a self, I'm working on myself here, okay? I'm sorry. All right. Uh, this is a safe space for that. But the confidence that I'm trying to develop is trusting, trusting myself that what I – like trusting myself that – I'm trying to figure out the way to say this, that I don't need to rush – to be fast or I don't need to rush to be good that I can just execute the fundamentals yeah, uh, yeah. normally. And that's good enough. That will be fast enough. Uh, I get that. It happens to me a lot in yeah. a match that I feel like I have to rush. And so then I don't trust that I have the time mm-hmm. to execute the fundamentals properly. Does that make sense? Right. So that's my, right. that's really my goal for this season if, well, is you- get to that point. Yeah, well, you are too slow. I I won raw time champ at the last match, so. Uh, that, I, well, that was not from being too slow or shooting too slow. That was due to stupid errors. 
Uh, if it okay. comes just to, to raw shooting speed, I'm pretty sure I'll beat you almost every time. Someone needs to go pull the statistics on this. How many how many matches has Jeremy shot faster than me? That's a good question. I would bet it's Yeah. I would bet it's zero. Let's uh let's get someone on that. Derek Lewis might be able to do that. Potato? I need you to go oh, yeah. uh, crunch the numbers on that. Yeah. <laughs> Rip the data. Now this is if we're shooting the same division. Same division. Same division, same capacity. Uh, yeah, I, and again, I would contend that most of those, if you were faster, it's probably because you hit steel in the first time and I shot myself into standing reloads, not because you actually shoot faster, because you hit more stuff. Mm. I, th- I think you would have benefited from this. Yeah, one. I mean, that's kind of a like a philosophical question there. It's like, what what is faster? That, yeah, it's true. Hmm? It could be. I I don't remember who said this. It might have been from like the tech Timmy community, but uh, frantic is not fast. And at Ozarks, oh, I agree with that. At Ozarks, it it looked a little frantic only because, like you said, you you placed yourself in a position of standing reloads and. Um, I, I think I at least saw you twice ditch a missed reload and then just go for the next one on your belt. Yeah. Maybe that's – yeah. I, I don't Dude, know if I that's like a make- – I don't ditch. I'll freaking die before I bail on a reload. I'm going to grab that bitch. I mean, if you so if you jam it into the mag and it's like going inside, like it's coming in sideways, right? Like – do you just you pull out or do you just push harder and hope that we shoot ste- we shoot steel guns, bro? Plastic guns. Your Magwell's your Magwell your Magwell's aluminum though. It don't dude, it doesn't matter. Uh no, the one the ones where I the ones that what you what you're talking about, like I I tr- I grabbed them and, and hit them too fast and they fell like whenever I hit them. So like I, I got enough of a grip to pull them out of the of the mag pouch. But not yeah. enough to actually get an actual hold on him. Again, that I mean, I, all that just goes back to rushing. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not really the reloads; it's just a symptom of something else. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer yeah, about just, that. That's I just, just realism. Uh, yeah, I feel, I just feel like last week we maybe should have like found some corrective measures instead of just. Uh, someone mentioned it. I think it was potato uh, negative self-talk it, it, and that's just how it came off. And maybe that's how it affected you. And I don't really think it's, that's healthy for you. Maybe not like Jeff, Jeff Jeremy. is talking shit. Even when you're down <laughs> Jeremy, because Jeremy. that's what he I, needs to perform. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed your negative self-talk and, uh, so yeah, because it was helping you, man. I like it, Jeff. It lifted I, my spirits. I, 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 I like Jeff week. less and less every day of my life. You're starting <laughs> to understand now. You're starting to understand Jeff. Yeah, I I thought Jeff was the hero in this story. <laughs> exactly. He's turns out he's the villain. 
you're starting to learn now. I've been trying to tell people this and people have not. I may, I guess I'm just more abrasive than Jeff is. And so people don't believe me, but it's, it is what it is. You know, what are you going to say? You're not that abrasive, Jeremy. If people don't understand that you're joking, I thought it was pretty obvious. You may, you smirk a lot when you're joking. There's virtually, there's very, unless we're having a legit serious conversation, there's very little that doesn't come out of my mouth that's not sarcastic. Right. I just feel like on paper, if there was a transcript, you would be the villain. (laughs) You would be the villain. (laughs) Yes. If, if somebody watched like a, like our YouTube with just closed catch, closed captioning on it, uh, that would probably be bad for me. Oof. Yeah. I don't think that yeah. would go. They have well. to. They have to. <laughs> I always. Big oof. I mean, it, they need to have a font just for sarcasm. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. And that'll just we'll just call it the Jeremy font. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? All right, Summit. How was Summit? What is what is the Summit? I mean, Ben has talked about what it is, so he, it's it doesn't cost much, right? Cost is pretty low. Yeah, it was uh, it was three hundred bucks for the actual attendance, and I actually uh, I want to thank Joel for getting me in. I signed up extremely late, um, and he still got me in. Uh, I was still on the fence because of my ankle. It still hurt this weekend, but I would not have missed it for the world, knowing what I know now. It was. Uh, it wasn't like magical. I, I don't want to. I don't want to like get people the wrong idea, but it was a good tune-up. Uh, yeah, and uh, I got some encouragement some, from some individuals that I think was uh, was critical. It was positive talk as opposed to negative, and <laughs> hey, not everybody's realistic lot, with themselves. That's all right. A lot, a lot more affirmation. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, but it was, it was, it's really, it's pretty inexpensive. Obviously you have to be a PSTG member. Um, and, and I'm shameless about this. I had a membership at PSTG. I didn't feel like it was benefiting me, but I re-upped my membership just for the summit. And, uh, I don't see a reason to leave. Um, it, it was, it was a good enough value that I feel like it, it would, it would be good to support what they have going on. Yeah, like this isn't a big money grab for the instructors or anything like that. Three hundred bucks. How many? How many students were there? Um, I want to say between fifty and sixty. Yeah, so not it's a like not fifty-seven a, or something like that. Like not a huge number of people, and and people understand like those aren't all on like the same range all at the same. Well, the same like bay all at the same time. It's not like you're. It's where you have, you have instructor blocks, right? Where there's like three different bays going on or four different bays going on. And there's four bays and there's a couple instructors for each bay, right? Right. And then you just sign up for whichever instructor you want to go attend for that. Is it an hour block? So this time it was, um, there's a schedule. So I, I don't know about last time. Maybe it was a sign up thing, but you hit everything all in one day. 
Um, oh, okay. So it was 90-minute blocks. We did get rained out one day for a couple of hours, um, but we made the, the most of it. I mean, we, we still trained the rest of the day. And then yeah. at the end, there's some free time. You don't, I mean, you're all grown-ups, right? Like, if you don't want to attend a block, you can, in theory, just go off into a bay and start practicing. Um, and I did that once um, on a block that was about concealed carry, which nothing against Fabio, fantastic instructor, uh, super knowledgeable, bases everything off of data rather than feelings. And, uh, but I've, the, what occurred in that block that I missed far outweighs, uh, Sorry, Fabio, if you're listening to this, it far outweighs what I would have learned in the concealed carry block. Uh, yeah. I, I, I actually, I got some sauce. All right, there's some, there's some, some good sauce that I learned um, just in a bay, uh, and actually, I have Scott Brown to thank for that. It, it was indirectly, but. Uh, he he unlocked something uh, in one of my friends, Shane Atwell, and he passed it on to me. And uh, did he yeah. teach you how to bump fire your gun? <laughs> Fortunately, the, their guns ran quite well. Um, That's good. And uh, what is the sauce? You can't like come on here and be like, oh, I got I'm this not, secret I'm sauce. Not. Man, it's not my it's not my sauce to give, you know. What's your sauce now if you know it? What? No, nah, it's Scott dude, sauce. Dude, you sound like you sound like Jason Bradley. Yes. He would do this back in the day. He would well, like oh well. If I had to sound like anyone, Jason Bradley also and, and I I learned something and so now I can't tell anybody about it. Because it made me a better shooter and it's it's their it's their thing. This was some sauce. And I'm, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say it over the air because I, I, it's not. It's untested, right? That's um, what this I'm, is for. I know, but I'm going to the range tomorrow. We tested it. You know, I, I threw like four or five mags in the gun, tested the sauce, and it was, uh, it was the sweetest sauce I'd ever had. So, um, I hope everybody writes writes in. This giant I, I hope Ruben I hope they do. I'm, loser. I'm I'm trying to build build up some hype for you guys. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll reveal it one day. Maybe you'll have Scott on, and he'll he'll probably be like, "I don't remember what I said." <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> um, I'm just saying my my technique was improved uh, leaps and bounds in a matter of minutes just because of something i was doing wrong so um, was this grip sauce or visual sauce or mental sauce it was a little combination of all three i'd say um but i'm not i'm I'm not going any further all right (laughs) if it makes me like jason bradley i'm totally fine with that because jason was one of the best instructors at the summit and i don't think he knows that and i want to say it to the world uh, he did the, he had one of the more simple blocks. It was about, um, practical accuracy, basically, uh, group shooting doubles, 
Um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good. I know that this gun is capable of more than most people, such as Jeremy. Uh, no, don't e don't even start with that shit. We won't Rob we won't dip we won't dive too deep into it. But Jason Jason deserves a lot of credit um, for having such a a simple concept. Um, it affected my shooting quite a bit. It confirmed a lot of things about my shooting uh, that I have unlearned <clears throat> for whatever reason. You go to matches, you get unsolicited advice, you start shooting, you think it's better, but it's actually not. So I'll leave it at that. Well, uh, Scott, your sauce yeah, is don't, awesome. Don't share. Yeah, don't share anything. This this is a this is not a podcast about shooting. We don't we don't talk about shooting secrets on here. <laughs> yeah, we don't like to I, share stuff like it's, that. It's it's untested, and I need to test it to make sure that. I mean, I need to go to. A You've match said too much. You've said too much. I really have to be honest. What sauce? Um, okay, what sauce did you get from Jason Bradley? Oh, I got some encouragement. I mean, I can't feel like there's. Can't talk about it. Can't talk. About Shut it. up, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Some encouragement. Uh, he, uh, you know, I've been, I've been pretty hard on myself. Uh, I learned that Tulsa is kind of a bubble as far as skill. Um, a lot of like relatively high performers, um, in especially in carry optics, and. Uh, you, I needed a refresher. Like I didn't, it didn't matter if like I had, you know, the books I needed someone telling it to my face. Uh, and quite frankly, being hard on me, like that's a lot of people just like kind of, they don't want to hurt your feelings. They want to dance around the subject. Uh, and sometimes you just need to hear it straight and you need to hear it often and in different ways because it won't click every single time. And Jason's in, uh, even his voice is like, he's got the instructor voice. I know Jeff, he told me he manages his people uh, at his, in his work. Um, it's pretty evident that he does. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a great, ex great experience. There's Mason had a, uh, some fantastic drills again, super enlightening. Uh, it was, uh, what's that called? Something like MX drill or something like that. Anyway, um, transitioning from a far target, potentially a partial to a close one, then back. Um, and, uh, sounds similar. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, it was, I don't want to give up everything because I encourage people to go. Um, the only thing I didn't like about it, if you, if you want to talk about that, is that it was in Atlanta. It was probably the, the worst part. The range itself wasn't that bad, but. Atlanta does seem, I mean, I don't know if I've been to Atlanta, but Atlanta does seem like a terrible place. Right. And from what I heard, this is hearsay. Someone told me. I love they it. did a they did a vote. Uh, Atlanta won by two over Omaha. 
and most of the people that voted for Atlanta didn't even go. Was that freaking Tyler so, Turner voting for that? Because isn't he from... Uh, I don't know. And Tyler Turner is a great instructor as well. He's from Atlanta, isn't he? I, I have no idea. He's. Um, I'm pretty sure... I thought he was Area 6. I could be wrong. Mr. Isn't he AccuGluck in that... Isn't that right? Did yeah. I just, just yeah. I just out him on the yeah. Display? Except you, except you were shooting a tanfo, which I was a little disappointed. But you know, is he really? That's freaking funny. Who is it? It is funny. <laughs> I think it's funny. No, I I want. I, I don't know if I've met Tyler in person. Uh, before, but I yeah. I, I would I would love to uh, to shoot with Tyler sometime. I think it'd be fun. He seems like a cool guy. Yeah. Seems like a really uh, smart guy. Super smart. Broke it down. Um, made a ton of sense. I mean, yeah. It's stuff you can't get in books, really. Uh, Unless he wrote a book. Well, maybe mm. he did. I, I don't know. Um, I, if, if, if he had a book, I'd probably buy it. So, But as far as the... But- the process of building um, your stage plan, uh, why you do certain things, uh, yeah. why you'd pick some things over the other, uh, breaking it down into like the most granular form uh, was was enlightening, to say the least. And he's, again, that... a great instructor, super straightforward. That's a discussion I would really like to have with with some people. That's not something I have ever actually had a conversation about. Is like like the process of of breaking down a stage or I actually took a like picture. Like if you if it. you have a system, if you have a system for doing it. Like I've heard Mason talk about it a bit, like he has a system for breaking down stages like for me it's it's very sporadic and I literally just like break down every step I go, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm going to go here. Do I want to gauge left or right? And then I just like kind of reason it back and forth till I decide and then I go to the next one. It's like, okay, am I going to do this? And I kind of reason it out and I figure out what I'm going to do there. But there's not like a, there's not a system. I don't have a system. Uh, so I think that's a pretty interesting topic of his system uh you can't really see it but um it comes down to i mean he his equation is discipline equals one good decisions two correct sequence three proper priority um and maybe yeah you can have him so on. that that's pretty interesting he could exp- he could probably explain it better than i could regurgitate it i don't want to do him an injustice by by saying so what i can tell what i know what I what I pulled from that block um, is a better sense of how you can approach uh, a stage, like I said before, at its most granular form. Yeah, um, making the correct decisions, like you did through reason, right? You're weighing the options. Um, yeah, I just feel like with a system, you you might be able to take out those random shitty stage uh, runs that you have the random shitty ones where you just like you, you finish everyone else shoots it better. And you're like, 
why the hell did I do that? Why did I shoot it like that? Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you had a system, you you would just bring that much more consistency to your game and thus level up. It's almost like you could study it. Like you could enter if you if there was this theoretical computer where you could enter the elements that are in a stage design, and it would spit out um, what your choices are, right? Uh, even stuff as simple as like step slides or you know lateral movement, um, it could give you options, and then you could make the decision on how you want to connect all of those movements. Um, shooting uh, with certain priorities, knowing yourself entering a position is harder to shoot than when you're backing out. Uh, but at least when I say computers, obviously it's a theoretical computer, but um, being able to program that into your mind, maybe not every single step, obviously that's pretty difficult, uh, but being able to do it for the majority of the stage. Sometimes you're just like, I got to be over there and I got to start shooting. Sometimes it is like that. Um yeah. Sometimes it's not, though. What are your thoughts on Sometimes that, Jeremy? Sometimes you can't. Um, I mean, partly I think uh-huh. you need to shoot more matches, Jeff. Uh, like, because you yeah, don't... Jeff or John Luke? Jeff. Jeff doesn't shoot no. a lot of matches, uh, and he doesn't shoot stages at all in practice, right? Yeah. Is no, that... I don't. So... That I think some of some of the stuff, some of the stuff that you want a process for. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think part of that's an experience like that. Which maybe that would having a process maybe could shorten that curve. On that, like I don't think Nils has a like a specific process. I could be wrong about this. Uh, I I've shot with him a bunch and haven't haven't ever heard him going through like a specific process as far as each stage I've got to go through this process. There is, there is somewhat a process of where, where do I have to go to shoot certain targets? Where do like, where do I have to go to do that? And then mm-hmm. where, yeah. where do I have options to shoot targets? And from there you kind of get a, a basic sense. Like this is generally how this stage is going to need to be shot. Right. Uh, and yeah, for sure. And, and so, but then from there, it just becomes like, it almost all becomes a sense of risk versus reward as far as how you figure out your stage plan. Is it, Mm -hmm. I can save steps by shooting targets from further away. So I may be faster that way, but how much risk is there in that? And will I actually be able to shoot a lot quicker if it's a big array than getting a few steps closer is actually advantageous to versus shooting it further away? Like there's, I don't know. There's just, I guess you could make a you could make a step by step process, but I think part of that becomes fairly innate once you've the more the more stages you shoot, the more matches you shoot. And I don't shoot a ton of matches anymore, but I shoot. A, I have shot a metric ton of stages yeah. in practice. And I think some of that stuff becomes a bit innate, but I would, I would love to hear Tyler's 
take on it. And because Tyler, his approach to stages from what I've seen in the past has been different than than a lot of people's is. And and he comes up with different ideas on stages. And so hearing his his process on how he comes up with those would be would be fascinating. I feel like what what you just described though was a process. You just didn't necessarily right. you just don't necessarily like you you look at all those things on every stage, right? And you have mm-hmm. like you were saying, priority like you have what's necessary as far as positions and where you can shoot things from, right? So like that's a process. So basically you have a process. You just don't have it organized. You just don't have, okay, yeah. let's, let's first, let's look at what's necessary. So like necessary would be the first step of the process. It's not necessarily, I wouldn't think of it as broken down to like specific, uh, like stage engagements or, or like specific skills or things like that. Yeah. It would be more right. general concepts, like you were saying, like, uh, yeah, like necessary uh, efficiency or whatever, stuff like that. More like a generic process that you can be like, okay, you show up to a stage. All right. What's necessary? And then you go from there. So that's that's yeah. when I think a process. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it, it would be cool if I don't know. This would be really tough to get this data. It would be really cool if you could have a like a spreadsheet of risk reward for you know like in in on the PGA tour like they know the stats for a normal professional as far as putting stats if they're 3 feet away they're making 99.9% of those but then the stats yeah. like once you get to 8 to feet to 12 feet like they know exactly what those stats are and they can make decisions based on that it would be really kind of interesting as far as if you could put in the level of difficulty at the, of a target versus a distance and however wherever you want to put it if you have a and it gets really hard because we're all if you're on a lean or not if it's your first one coming in a last one coming out that changes all those variables but if you could have a like an actual percentage that told you like you're you would be better off in this match moving closer on these targets because your chance of having a miss or a penalty is greatly increased by shooting it at this distance. That would be really interesting stats to have. And it would be very difficult to, it'd be very difficult to put those stats together. It would just be be really cool. Massively time consuming. I think you could do it. Correct. Uh, Like if, if you had, like even with even with just matchbooks, I think you could get close. Um, if you had like your scores, and then you had the matchbook, and you wanted to go through and put values on everything, I think you could do it. Yeah. But massive undertaking as far as time. Yeah. So within we're stuck with we basically just use our sense of. I mean, I, I use my sense of, I feel more confident shooting this at this distance than this distance, or yeah, I don't want to run five extra yards, so I'm okay. I can post up and take an extra two tenths and make sure I really prep the trigger really well for, for two shots on this target. Uh, yeah. kind of, you're kind of doing the same thing, but you don't have the, the stats and the math behind you to back it up necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like you'd have to be even more specific because 
you guys are shooting single stack. Like I know, it, like you can look at elements of a stage and kind of have generalizations, but when it comes down to it, like you don't, your margin of error is a lot lower than someone shoots carry optics, who shoots open, shoots limited. It it can be. Uh, I mean, you run into it a lot shooting at least limited um, because it's not it's not abnormal that you're shooting 18 19 rounds out of one mag you need to plan to shoot 18 or 19 because there's nowhere that makes sense to reload before that really and so you're sometimes in limited the the stress level is even higher because a lot of times single stack your stress is on one mag i have to perform this mag really well and oftentimes i find myself in limit it's like i have to perform these 18 rounds really well or 19 rounds really well and it's you know it's two-thirds of a stage that you have to there's no room for really error um with that so i i do see that in in limited too but you are correct as far as stage breakdown is concerned having very limited capacity greatly affects what i'm willing to to do and not do uh ozarks had that i think it was stage one where we kind of you had the option to shoot a the swinger uh kind of from far away or you could move up close it was kind of a you moved in an l-shaped pattern through the stage and yeah if i had had high cap i very well may have shot it from further away but it would have been a deal shooting single stack i think that was a seven or eight round array with an activator and a swinger yeah i'm not going to take the risk on shooting it from further away so that that very much plays into a plays into it Do you mind yeah. if we change gears for a sec? I have a question. Let's hear it. How do you guys fight the inner speed demon uh, when you mm. do have, like Mason talks about layers, right? So you have a two, three layer target, right? There's different elements involved. Um, how do you guys fight the urge to to shoot when you see that fiber where you want to hit generally close, you're staring at the spot, but maybe you're not in an optimal position to shoot. Um, and you're, you're not going to be peeling back all those layers. If you, if you take that risk too early, can you explain the layers? Uh, so like if, um, are you familiar, Jeff? A little bit, yeah. So, like a target that uh, is it's like a zebra target. That's one element. Uh, now we have a zebra at fifteen yards. That would arguably be two layers, right? Um, layers, and of usually difficult. he has right, yeah. So usually it's in reference to stage design. So you don't want to have triple layered. Uh, targets everywhere, right? Okay. You want to have a mixture. Um, it's like a lean but, would add a layer to it. Right. Stuff like that. So, okay. so oftentimes you find yourself in a position where you're like, maybe you're like 70% sure you could hit that shot. It's a double layered target. 
And and at, in addition to that, say it's a 15-yard zebra and you're you're coming in to a port, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's easy to just clack off two, right? Because you see the fiber, you're staring at a spot. Um, but it's probably advantageous to take the two-tenths to stop and start rolling out because it's easier to shoot going out of a position than it is to shoot going into a position, right? You're taking shorter, generally speaking, you're taking shorter strides, especially going backwards. You take shorter strides than going in. So you're stomping your feet more going into a port. So, I mean, I'm obsessing over the, the layer part, but ultimately the question is, what mindset do you have that allows you to shut the inner speed demon up? Jeff? Uh, I mean, I guess it'd just be like patience is, is just the word that comes to mind. Um, and this. This was something that actually old uh, Jason Bradley used to talk about a lot. Was the uh, how rushing was just like I don't know if he said it was one of the stupidest things, but he would just emphasize that just a little bit more patience isn't any slower, and the results are a lot better. Um, so. I mean, I, I just kind of shoot with, with that in mind, honestly. Uh, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I could roll in and I could pop two off on this target, but just a little bit more patience and I can pretty much guarantee those hits. Um, so, I mean, that's just kind of how I shoot. And I shoot better going into positions than out. Do you? Yeah, I almost always will choose to shoot coming in rather than going out. Hmm. Interesting. I, I generally prefer to shoot going in than coming out too. Interesting. Uh, to answer your question, and I'm as per our previous conversation, this is not a strength of mine. But when I've done it the best, uh, it for the most part in USPSA shooting, this isn't this isn't an issue like for an entire stage. This is usually, usually you go to a USPSA stage and this is an issue for a couple targets on a stage. Usually, if that, because uh, right. we're, we're usually not dealing with the, ch- the shooting. The speed is more challenging than the shooting for the most part in USPSA matches is, mm. is can you do it fast enough? It's not, can you do it accurately enough? Um, and so when I do it the best, it's, I identify those targets like during the stage walkthrough, whenever, and and I mentally like there's a mental no every everything else you're just you're trying to shoot uh, just naturally like without anything not without a whole lot of thought if you can, um, but on on those targets I will pick those out and say these targets I don't care the time I am I cares nothing about how long it takes me to shoot these targets I just have to hit them. And I have to have a really clean yeah. sight picture because, yeah, because sure. targets like that, 
the penalty is so severe. Like a might. It, what helps me is if you'll do the the math. Let's say it's a well, if it's a five hit factor and stage, which would be low for USPSA, it's a five hit factor stage, and you have an alpha mic no shoot. Then you just dropped uh, five seconds. You could have taken five seconds, and been this had the same hit factor if you had taken five seconds on that. So like doing that kind of math, now we're generally more at like a 10 hit factor, but even at a 10 hit factor, if you have an alpha mic no shoot, that's worth two and a half seconds. So if yeah. I'm doing the math on a high risk target like that, then I'm sitting there thinking, okay, even if I take, if I take 60 splits on this, which would be slow splits for almost, I mean, it wouldn't matter how far a distance that was. That would be a pretty slow split. But if I take 60, even 70 splits on this, that is so far leaps and bounds ahead of my competitor who shot a 40 split and they shot a Mike no shoot and they're two and a half seconds down on it. So sometimes, sometimes doing the math helps on that for me is, is do that math ahead of time. You have an idea of what the hit factor is going to be. You look at a high risk target and realize that penalty is very penalizing if if I don't don't execute the shots there. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Does that does that answer the question at all? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I gotta learn quick maths. <laughs> I mean, it's, so it's so actually, sport. Jason, right? So Jason brought that up and. Uh, he started rattling off some like quick calculations as far as like uh, um, like you said risk reward how much is it uh, what 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 is the penalty going to cost versus taking your time um, I routinely will triple a target rather than take the time uh mainly because I know I have the ammo to do it mm-hmm. and yeah. my reloads are fast enough that it pretty much is a non-issue. Like you can find a place to reload. If single stack guys can do it, I mean, CO guys can certainly do it. So um, that's something that I've struggled with. That's why I asked you guys. Uh, yeah. And it's something that he brought up. Uh, and it was kind of a trend throughout the entire uh, the entire summit. Mm. Um, but yeah, build. I mean, working on that patience because I mean, they. I'm gonna hate myself for saying this, but like because they. I mean, it's well known that feelings don't mean anything, right? It's strictly data but it feels super slow to put, you know, 25 splits on a 25 yard target. Oh, I don't feel actual, slow. To me, it feels slow. It's not slow, right? It's not slow at all, but it feels too slow. Mm-hmm. And when you start having that inner dialogue, which is what I refer to as the speed demon, um, it's basically telling you you're taking too long, pull the trigger. Or, or throw two at it and keep moving. Uh, in actuality, like like I said before, it's not that slow. 
it doesn't take that much time to shoot two alphas at 25 yards because you know you can do it uh you know trigger control at speed like it takes less than two tenths to pull the trigger uh i think you would be you would be far far down the road if if you could just learn to ignore what you feel is fast Okay, because if your eyes work good and you're breaking that shot when it's there, you're fast. I'll just, I'll just tell you that. Um, it's because, I mean, I feel slow as a slug all the time. I, I have no idea that I'm shooting fast right. until I watch a video later, usually. Like, I've, I've shot stages where I'm like, damn, that was slow. And I watch a video and I was like, I was the same as everybody else. I guess it wasn't that slow. Um, yeah, what what you right. feel means nothing as far as like speed. Your per- perception of speed is way off during during uh, a heightened uh, when you, when your senses are heightened when you're running a stage. It's way off. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I conceptually, I totally understand that. Um, unfortunately, it's it's like a it's a problem of mine. Obviously, like yeah. to to base things on feelings primarily because it's something almost out of my control. Right, data is out of my control. By feelings, I feel like I can keep in in check or at least I'm sorry, not in check, but at least trust my gut feeling. Cause that's something you do right mm. in day to day life. But you're right. The data is there that despite you feeling slow, there's speed there simply because you're taking enough time to pull, uh, difficult shots that have multiple layers on them. Um, you feel like you're a slug. And that should be the feeling. Yeah, you right, want it to. No doubt in my mind you want it is. to feel slow because it's easy to shoot slow. Right. Right. But it doesn't feel like winning when you're shooting slow. I'm not saying like I'm not defending myself at all. I'm just saying like the feelings for a lot of people, not at the GM level, is that slow does not equal speed like i said earlier being frantic feels faster and then sometimes you hook up on it yeah sometimes that's how you lose matches but you don't want to leave it to chance right you want to leave it to data you want to and denying yourself uh the acting the the action on feelings is something that I mean, we everyone struggles with on a day to day basis, right? Not Jeff because he's a robot. Yeah, totally. So, <laughs> so to I, I think what can maybe quantify a little bit what what you're saying, what Jason is saying, what I have experienced a lot as far as trying to go fast is not 
usually any faster than actually taking the time to aim and yeah. shoot the center of target on every target. Generally, generally, you're not any faster. I think part of why that is the case is because whenever you whenever you start aiming, your focus changes. Your focus changes to however you're aiming. If you're looking at the site, if you're looking at the target, if you're looking at like you're you're aiming harder, and your mind is more on that, and so you're seeing more visually, and by it feels slower because your visual, like you see things so much faster visually than what you can actually uh, manipulate your hands or anything like that, uh, and so it feels slow because your process, your mind is processing a whole lot more visually. Then if you're just rushing, your mind is focused on rushing. It's focused on going fast and you're seeing way, 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 way less. So then it feels like you're going fast because your mind is not processing near as much visually as it does when you're focused on what you need to see visually. Does that make sense at all? It makes complete sense. And I I apologize if it, it comes off as kind of elementary, but I saw in... 90 oh i mean like 98 percent of the people at the summit struggled with it. oh just shit on everybody which at is the summit. which is, i mean we're there to learn right i i included myself in that i'm i'm, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> for those that i met at the summit you guys are good. <laughs> Uh, you're the best shooters in the world. You're all going to be GMs next week. No, it, it's, it's, but it's, and I not, not making fun of you guys, but the plebs of USPSA, this is a problem. Um, well, dealing hold, hold with, on. Hold right. on. Like Jeremy doesn't know what that word is. I mean, is. I just spent, we just spent the whole first half of the, we just spent the whole first half of this podcast, me basically describing the exact same thing. So yeah, becoming yeah. a GM doesn't make it, doesn't mean that it's going to go away, but it's this constant, right. it's this constant, that will be a constant battle for anybody in this sport. I, I think there are some people who manage that way better. Like I think for Jeff, that's not, when it comes time for match day, that's not as much of an issue for Jeff as it is for me. Yeah. Like he, his right. like when he comes to match day, like he processes that stress way differently than I do. Um, but like what I did do really well at Ozarks were the the three plate racks. Because I I have plate racks have murdered me in the past because I have gone to those and I have just just I know I only have eight rounds and a gun, and I go up to a plate rack and just start spraying rounds and I cannot stop myself. And for whatever reason, the last couple of years, I've been able to, to understand that, Hey, this is a plate rack and I'm just going to shoot visually. And I'm going to make sure that I press the, my, I'm going to prep the trigger in between each plate. And lo and behold, you can wreck a plate rack that way. Like you can go up and just, and smash it. And it's not an issue. And that's, that's, pretty well what happened for me at Ozarks. 
I, I feel really uncomfortable trying to like say something positive about myself, but my shooting. Maybe that's it's great. No, it's like I it's feel fantastic. Really, I feel really uncomfortable having even made that statement just now. Uh, it's really boring. But I'm proud of you. You are validated. <laughs> you are important. Oh my god! You are a child of God. Oh man! Oh, because of how <laughs> I shoot the plate rack. Um, uh, <laughs> but that. Hey, you remember when you that, downloaded like that? Mac? Is something that is. That? Uh, I yes, thank you, thank you for that. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey! Don't remember it's just there. let him have this. Let him have this, Jeff. <laughs> Sheesh! No, it's, he's going to try to keep me down, and that's good. I need. I, I need. I to thought say, we were friends. Friends no, don't keep each other down. No, he needs to keep me humble. I was getting arrogant there. He needs to keep me humble. I don't think you were being humble. It was three plate racks. That's. <laughs> 15 shots in the entire match. 18. Let's do some real math here. <laughs> oh, is it six? Yes. All right. Well, that's, that's why I'm not a GM. But <laughs> there, there may be some truth to that. <laughs> that may be a problem. Uh, listen, listen, listen. I hit it at the GSSF match, and that's all that I care there about. You go. There you go. Uh, but, yes, I think when it comes to match day, as – a friend of mine, Rob Latham, says, aim harder. Like when it comes yeah. to match day, aim harder. The best stages I've ever shot, and I can remember specific stages from different seasons. There are still stages that stick out. Those stages were ones that I just I just shot visually. Obviously, I did the other stuff correct too. You have to do the you have to grip the gun, you have to pull the trigger right, you have to do all that stuff too. But but I shot those visually. And, and I, I have remembrance of stages that I crushed doing that. And it wasn't, there was no trying to be fast on those. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to, to shoot my next match. Cause I feel like I can employ that. Even the sauce. The sauce. With you, the, well, not yeah. just the sauce. Oh, this wasn't the, the sauce. sauce. Not okay. the sauce. This, no, this is not the sauce. The sauce oh. is. Oh, <laughs> have scott brown on and then then he can talk yeah, about the sauce uh, apparently it's um, secret sauce i don't know if he'll tell us about it's it it's not it's not secret sauce because he just straight up told shane what what he was doing in that bay uh, all right scott if you'll tell us the secret sauce you can come on the podcast <laughs> we'll see if he's listening you're, you're gonna be like that's dumb but it it, it changed the way i uh, it changed a lot. All right. I'm just going to say that. And in fact, a lot of instructors at the summit potentially could have missed it. I mean, they, there's a, or they don't understand, they understand the concept and they probably assume it. But like I said, sometimes you need to hear it like 16 different ways. And on the 16th, that's when you like, Oh shoot. Like mm-hmm. that totally makes okay. sense. Like yeah, that, that I'm I'm dumb for not like like the stuff that like sometimes it just takes uh you just need to to give you have to have visual patience and you have to give the target the the time it deserves right well you can say that to someone and it's like okay well then I'll just do thirty splits on it right well that's not the point either um and I, and bring it back to the summit the same things were said so many different ways, so many different times 
that it was bound to click. And then it's also a collaboration between shooters, people who are extremely passionate about the sport, who are willing to travel. I mean, there's a guy from Anchorage, Alaska, who came to the summit. Uh, uh, David, uh, he and he's. I, I think I shot with him at Western States. Was he shooting a single stat gun? Yes, he was. Okay, yeah, he David, shot. I shot David with him. Duffy. Yep, I shot with him at Western States. He he's the one yeah. invited us to come shoot a match in Alaska, Jeff. Oh shoot, that's awesome. Uh, super cool guy. Yeah, um, he's a cool guy. But uh, I forgot my train of thought. Uh, you got to hear stuff ways. a bunch of different ways. Yeah, yeah. And and you hear the like I said, you hear the same things from instructors. You hear them from other students, if you will. I don't know if you want to call them students. You want to call them. I don't know what the inclusive term here is. I was certainly a student of uh, of the craft that we call practical shooting. We don't have to so. be inclusive. It's okay. Well, you might not feel the need to be inclusive, but I represent the people uh, <laughs> you that are a not... lot of people. That's true. <laughs> that is yeah. true. Multiculturally and within <laughs> the shooting sports, yes. I feel like I bear that cross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys in your uh, in your ivory tower way up there with the GM cards. <laughs> yeah. That's elitist. We're way up there. <laughs> All right. Hey, we got to give... All right, uh, Jeff, you got words of positive, positive encouragement? Uh, yeah, I do. They're about Shooter's Connection. For Shooter's yeah. Connection? <laughs> <laughs> so Shooter's Connection sponsoring today's episode of the Hit Factor podcast. Thank you, Shooter's Connection. Shooter's Connection is sponsoring lots of matches all around the country, possibly internationally. I don't really know. But they do sponsor a lot in the country. Uh, shooters connection run by competitive shooters they're doing same day shipping and you can get anything you need as far as i know i mean you might need something weird but you can get most of what you need like a single stack in four yeah i don't think they have any of those i just looked um (laughs) so yeah shooters connection please use our link in the description to let shooters connection know um, that their their support of the podcast is doing well. Thank you, Shooters Connection, for supporting the sport, supporting the podcast. We very much appreciate it. Also, we have shout-out from our Patreon. Jay Headland Shooting says, Shout-out to Ryan Barnes with Blue Lube for making some awesome products. Definitely check him out on the gram. So for those of you who have not seen this ryan barnes has developed i think a couple different lube gun lubes and he has this one that is supposed to soften the returning of the slide into battery i believe was the the focus of the lube anyway he's got some interesting ideas check them out test it out it's kind of cool something something cool to spend your time geeking out about i can respect that yeah yeah blue blue underscore gun underscore lube on instagram there you go just took it a step further if we're gonna finish yeah. the shout and that out, shout out was, 
that shout out plug his handle. Jay Headland shooting. He got his money yeah, worth out Jeez. of that shout out. All right. Or Ryan Barnes yeah. got Jay Headland's money's yeah. worth out of yeah. that shout out. Sh- shut up about it. We're yeah. saying too much. He like it's like he transferred free value. the shout out. Yeah. <laughs> uh positivity. No, I don't I don't really have any. I'm gonna start shooting probably this week. That's exciting. That's about it. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm running a match at my place in a couple weeks, so that'll be cool. Nice. Just like a five stage match. All up by yourself. So that'll be good. Trying to hopefully get a few more. Yeah, I don't know who else is gonna be there. I know Brett Thomas is gonna help me set up stages, yeah. so if nobody shows up, Brett and I will have stages set up that we can practice and that'll be cool. And if not, if other people show up, that'll be great. Mm. Either what way, day? doesn't matter to me. It's on Saturday. Uh, the 15th of April. This Saturday? Oh. 15th of April. Alrighty. You want to drive over? It's not a long drive. Maybe. What is it? Maybe. How far is it? From Tulsa? It's like six hours. From Ada? I'm trying to... I'm trying to... Trying to taste the sauce. So... Ada's like four hours. You could stop on the way and pick up Jeff. You could. Yeah, yeah good. and then we could sleep in Jeremy's shop, or make him park in Midwest City uh, like a chump. And- I would, I would, yeah, he, de- he has to do that. <laughs> Definitely, he has to do that. How many, how many cats does your your truck have? How many what? Jeff, catalytic converters. Oh. It has two, but I'm getting them cut out on Thursday, so, and then it will have none. You yeah. are <laughs> strange that, that you would ask you about that. <laughs> you're gonna scrap. You're gonna scrap your own cat. Yeah, they're clogged what? up. They're aftermarket cats. They're clogged up, and I'm tired of dealing with it. So oh. I had the truck programmed so it doesn't need them already this week. And Thursday, I'm having them removed. Surgery. Straight pipe, baby. baby. You should do that oh, while saw- you're at work. You should bring your own saws out of work and like crawl into your truck and start sawing it and see if somebody comes up like, hey, you can't steal that. That'd be funny. I, I think it'd be funny. I would do it. So then your truck would be safe in Midwest City, so I'm not worried about yeah, it. Yeah, dude, my truck's safe anywhere. Are you kidding me? Nobody wants to break into my truck. It's a Ford. It's an old no Ford. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Maybe everybody, for listening. Uh, John Luke, thanks for coming on again this week and talking about the summit. Uh, glad to have somebody that was there that at least we can hear rumors about this sauce. Uh, maybe some point we'll hear about the actual sauce, but, you know, maybe next time we'll try to Never. get somebody who will share secrets next time. We'll see. We'll do our best. Maybe Scott. Maybe Scott. Maybe, yeah. maybe Scott. John Luke's out. Scott's in. Oh, and uh, Pat Brown is uh, signed his petition for. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't see he had. What's a petition it for? Out. What uh, is it for? I don't know. You might have to cut that out. You should text him. Uh, he's running for area three. Oh, okay, oh. cool. Yeah, but it just area three just. Or, didn't they just have a? Oh, that was a special maybe election. Was, maybe he was president. 
know. Whatever it is, whatever it is, sign it. I mean, not that we need six. You only need like, yeah, sign it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we'll look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sign over your PayPal account, Jeff. Uh, for his campaign. All right, we are done. (laughs) Stop recording. Peace. Peace. (laughs) I got it. I got it. Peace. (laughs)